0: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is your host, John Jance, and my guest today is David Meerman Scott. Many of you know him from his wildly successful book, The New Rules of Marketing and PR. But today we're going to talk about a new book uh, that he has uh, recently released called World Wide Rave. So thanks, David, for joining me.
1: It's great to be here, John, and thanks for your support over the years. It's great to work with you.
0: Well, thanks. Um, so I always like to, you know, creating triggers that set millions of people to spread your ideas and share your stories is the uh, subtitle. But I always like to ask authors this. What's, what's kind of the big idea of this book or, or maybe even the new ground that you're, uh, that you're plowing that, that would make somebody say, wow, i got to get that?
1: Yeah, sure. So uh, the New Rules of Marketing and PR came out in, originally in June 2007 in, in the hardcover edition. It's been updated in paperback in the early part of 2009. But the thing that's been fascinating to me since that book came out is the whole idea of how and why things spread online. I mean, why does one blog post get 10,000 hits and another one get 10 hits? Or why does one t- YouTube video get 200 views and another one get um, Uh, 200,000 views and that's what was fascinating to me and I wanted to dig in and try to analyze it so the book um, is um, articulating um, how anybody can create a worldwide rave and a worldwide rave is when people are telling your stories and sharing your ideas for you Which is such an amazing thing that we're living in an age now when being able to use the internet to be able to create something that's so valuable that people want to share it, and and it's just something that's fascinating to me. So I want to write about it, and I have a bunch of have 37 different little stories in it of people who've been able to achieve something. And originally, when I was writing it, I thought I was going to use the term viral marketing Mm -hmm. in the title somewhere. Because that that's the term that people most often, often apply to um, this phenomenon of people spreading things. But the more I dug into it, the more I realized that viral marketing as a phrase and as a term has some negative connotations to it because there's a lot of um, so-called viral marketing experts and viral marketing agencies that try to put together something that will spread for you. But I've realized that a lot of them kind of rely on the... Um, the old um, Madison Avenue advertising techniques—things like bait and switch, and, and and frivolous games, and free iPods, and you know stuff like that—that that, that, that to, in my mind isn't the same as when people are spreading your ideas and sharing your stories.
0: Yeah, and, and I think that the, one of the keys to that spreading idea is that they're doing it voluntarily. Absolutely. Maybe in spite of your best marketing efforts, right? Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely right. And that's one of the most important things is that they're doing it without having to be coerced. Yeah. Whereas a lot of the things that I saw being created by by people who – um, who, who are ma- mainly mainly people who are steeped in the tradition of advertising, is they feel that you they have to coerce you to do something. I mean, I was watching the Super Bowl and and I mean, you noticed that that they had the you know go to go to Denny's for free tomorrow thing. Right, and I thought right. that was I thought that was kind of clever, and people talked about it. But the amount of money you had to spend to get people to talk about Denny's—I mean, where they sell—they sell? gave away two hundred thousand meals or something—and a, and a, and a Super Bowl ad is however many millions of dollars, and they probably spent a lot of money thinking up the idea and paying agencies to help them. So all in all, they—where they spend? I don't know, ten million dollars? I don't know. I'm just oh, and, the,
0: and let's not forget about the lines at some of the places that just and, pissed right. people off.
1: <laughs> Negative publicity from that, and and sure, they got people to talk about them. But in my mind. That kind of sort of advertising style coercion techniques, not the same thing that I write about, which is people just voluntarily saying, Oh my God, you should check out this blog post, or Holy cow, this YouTube video is really cool, you should look at it. Or, or even something more mundane, like in the B2B world, this white paper is excellent, you should read it.
0: Well, and, and I. Maintain that that some of this user-generated or user participation is actually sort of democratizing the whole process because it used to be somebody could have a crappy product, but if they were really good at getting the message out, <laughs> they would sell some of it. And yeah, and I, and I think it's kind of flipped a little bit in that there are some examples, and I'm not recommending you go this path. There are some examples of companies that just have a wonderful product or service, but they God help them, they just can't market to save their lives. But but thankfully, their community is so passionate about it that they overcome
1: absolutely and, and, and that that happens all the time and the other thing that happens all the time is that you have a very well-meaning company that probably does have good products that tries really hard to get something that people will talk about and people will spread and the biggest mistake I see is that they base their online initiative whatever it is a YouTube video or, or an ebook or whatever they base it on their product and the, the one of the biggest takeaways that I learned as I was looking at all, looking at all these things that did succeed and all the ones that didn't succeed is that um, anything that, that's focused on the product is really hard to get to go viral because nobody cares about your product. <laughs> that's, the, that's the bottom line. They care about themselves. They, they care about their problems. They want to be entertained. They like things that are outrageous. They like things that are really, really valuable, but they don't like products.
0: Yeah, they like how they like how your product makes them feel or look. Or, exactly. Yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah.
1: exactly, and, and that's a really tough thing yeah. for people. Because, well, especially
0: like, somebody who that product is their baby and, and and made of their life's work. I mean, I, I get that. Right.
1: <laughs> I, I do. Too. I totally get that. I mean, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, we know, right? We have products, we have books and whatever, and 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 yeah, it's like, man, I want to, I want to talk about my book. It's like, no, no, no one cares about the book. They care about their problems.
0: Now you you. Because your first book was the new rules, I know that you based uh, this book uh, loosely around some some rules and and maybe yeah. you know ignoring some of the old rules. And you just right. mentioned the one nobody cares about yeah. your products. Uh, yeah, uh, let me. There right. there are four others. Let me just kind of lob them out there, and then we'll come back to maybe some specific examples. Sure. But and there's uh,
1: actually there's actually um, six altogether. There the, uh, there's one more that I'll I'll let you
0: know. Okay. All right. So no no coercion. Yep.
1: You no, know, and we talked about that yeah, a little bit. Yeah. You don't have you don't have to coerce people.
0: Yeah, in fact, it's it's because there's so much information, and and they can find the answers anywhere they want, or they can call BS on you anytime they want. You know, coercion really doesn't work now, does it? No, it doesn't. And <laughs> yeah.
1: and, and, and sadly, you can get people to to spread things using the coercion technique. Yeah. You know, like I'm thinking, I'm just in my mind, I have some game, you know, where you have to, like, virtually put a basketball through a hoop or something, and if you do it 48 times in a row or whatever the thing is, you know, you get a free something or other. Those things do spread, but they're not spreading in the same sorts of ways that I'm talking about with with people talking about your ideas and sharing your stories and getting people to go to your site and so
0: on. Yeah, it's you. You and I talked about a, a book I'm working on on referrals, and that that's yeah. one subject that I talk about all the time. You can pay somebody to refer business to you, and, right. and likely they will. But boy, that referral that somebody tracks, hunts somebody down, grabs them, takes them by the hand to your office because they love what you do so much. Yep. Um, yeah. Now that is gold.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely,
0: yeah. absolutely. So um, this next one I think is a little harder for people wrap their arms around, the, 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 the first two I think people at least get, but this idea yep. of losing control.
1: Yeah, that's a, you're right, that's a really tough one, it's a, it, it's a particularly tough one for managers and executives and, and CEOs, so when I talk about lose control, there's a couple of little elements of that, I basically, basically if you want people to talk about you, you have to let them talk, yeah. and you no longer have control over what they're going to say. And that's a really tough thing for a lot of companies to get their arms around, particularly larger companies. You know, the the idea um, of the say the PR person at a big company um, letting people say whatever they want about the company it,
0: it gives them fits. Well, and then hosting that on their blog, no less, right? Right, right, <laughs> and so, right. So, so, but 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 you have to lose control
1: of what people are saying in order for them to say something. I mean, it seems obvious. The, the other element of that um, uh, is particularly applicable for B2B companies, but, but for a lot of different organizations, is that the way you measure success of these kinds of initiatives is very, very different than most companies are used to. Um, you know, the, the typical B2B company issues things like a white paper, not to get the idea to spread, but instead as lead, as lead bait. And you know they'll put out a, a white paper, and they'll say, um, "Here's our white paper. In order to download it, you have to give me your email address and your other contact information." So they're not—they're not doing that—that um, that white paper in order to get 20,000 people to read it. They're doing that white paper in, only, in order to get five hundred people to give an email address
0: and, tri- and to trick you into actually reading and a to marketing brochure, right? And to, tr- and to trick you, right? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, to yeah. trick you. Right, right,
1: so, right. so that's the element, other element of losing control. And this one, um, I mean, I've had people literally like turn red and shake because they so violently disagree with this concept. But the concept is: make your ebook, make your white paper, make your webinar replay totally free so that anyone can see it and that they don't have to give their personal information in or to do so and the result is that you're going to have and this is an amazing statistic which I did the research on between 20 to 1 and 50 to 1 ratio of the number of people who will view it when there's no registration required versus the number who will do it when they have to give up their personal information like an email
0: yeah I actually uh, did um, a, a... Free uh, free ebook basically for a company and I won't, I won't there's no sense in naming names here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the the process to download it was uh, was so painful that I mean I was getting hate email. That's how painful it was. <laughs> I, all I did was write wow. the thing right. Um, yeah. And, and so I pleaded and they've you know took it away and all of a, right. and, and then I was like you know the greatest thing since sliced bread. So right yeah, it, right. It's right. people have, people have gotten. I think it's an expectation that that if I have to give my name and email address. Not only is the value of this going to be high—I mean, need to be higher than than normal. Uh, there's yeah. sort of a philosophical, kind of cultural <laughs> expectation right now that I that I think is is just turning people away. Even if the information was great, I no long—I I now suspect it.
1: Exactly. The and the other thing, which um, which I, I recognized and which not not very many people are talking about, and I hope they do start talking about is when there's a an email requirement on a document like a white paper um, bloggers and podcasters and members of the mainstream media uh, as well as individuals who might share it through email are very unlikely to talk about it you know if 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 somebody requires an email download I as a blogger or me sending a link to a friend am re- reluctant to do so because I'm fearful That the recommend, and you know, it's a referral thing, right? It's just what you're talking, it's it's your subject area. If I refer somebody to a white paper, and they give up their personal information to download it, and all of a sudden they find themselves getting a whole bunch of of spam email and, and cold calls coming in, I'm responsible for that. Therefore, I won't give, I literally will not give out, and share anyone's links if it requires uh, information. Yet practically every day I'm on Twitter or on on my blog or somewhere uh, on the speaking circuit sharing links to free stuff. So as a tool to spread your ideas, um, bloggers and and, and Twitter and other places are the best ways for an idea to catch fire, yet that will not happen when there's a registration requirement because the people who will spread that fire aren't going to do so.
0: Yeah, I um recently wrote a, a pretty quick little ebook on using Twitter for business and it is uh very easy to download and free and yep, yep. Um, and obviously it was on topic for Twitter folks, but I, I you know picked up about five thousand uh followers on Twitter, you know, just wow. from, from that and, and you know, it's awesome. obviously still spreading. Awesome. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: Imagine imagine if you had just said um Give me your email, and you can get it. I mean, you still would have had people download it, mm-hmm. but it probably would have been one twentieth, or 1 or 1 of the number you got.
0: Well, and I tell you, the other thing that happens, and this is exactly what you're talking about, I not only let people download it, uh, I tell them, put it on their site. Let people yeah. download it from their site. You know, do right. whatever do you want too. with it. I actually
1: got a, um This morning, I got an email from the one of the largest publishing houses in Spain who wants to... Um, Pay for a um, uh, that they will do the all the work to translate one of my ebooks into Spanish.
0: Yeah, and I'm like go for it. Cool. Yeah. Go yeah. ahead. <laughs> yeah, my my Twitter ebook uh, is the exact same thing. Yeah, um, and it'll be the first book you know on Twitter uh, in Spanish. So. It,
1: Oh, you doing? Oh, good for yeah, you! Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, and it but it was great. the
0: same deal. It was just a translation company that said, "Hey, this we, this information's needed in the Spanish-speaking market. Can we have right? It? Yeah.
1: Right? Yeah. I know it's great. And, and 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 a different one of them is in in Portuguese, and a different right. one is um, is coming out in a couple other languages. So it's well,
0: kind of cool. We could uh, we could sit here and talk about these examples uh, for for a long time, but I, I, there are a couple other uh, sure. of your rules that I, I definitely want yep. to cover. The uh, put down roots.
1: Yep. So Put Down Roots is basically you need to be a part of the place that people are talking for them to be more inclined to want to talk about you. I, I describe it as similar to the, uh, the off, in the offline world that you know, if you're a, a business person in a small town, let's say you're a real estate agent, um, there's a couple ways you can promote your business. You can set up a storefront. And sit in your office and wait for people to walk in the door, or you could pound signs into people's and in, of the houses you have for sale. You can pound signs next to the mailbox and hope that people will call your number. What the successful real estate agents do is they join the country club, they join the bowling league, they they, they go to the bar every Sunday and watch the football game with their friends. Um, they're meeting people, they're getting to know people, so that when somebody has the need for a real estate agent. Um, they're going to remember, oh, yeah, that person, you should check them out. And, and, and then when someone says, when someone wants a referral, hey, do you know a good real estate agent? Oh, yeah, yeah, you got you to contact this person using my bowling league. And and that um, is the same thing in the virtual world. When you put down roots in, in communities online, uh, people get to know you, and they will then... Um, Uh, happily refer people to you. They will happily spread your ideas for you when they know you. If they don't know you, they're a little, little bit less reluctant I'm um, uh, sorry, a little more reluctant to uh, to want to spread an idea. Well,
0: well, and I'm glad you brought that up because I do talk to a lot of what I call, you know, real small business owners uh, yeah. that, that, you know, aren't online, and, but they know they need to be more. And I think they look at some of these and they get freaked out. And that's a great example. I mean, it's like, okay, you go to a chamber of commerce meeting, would you whip out your business card, you know, plow into the first pile of people you saw and say, hey, buy something from me. Right. Well, well, of course you would. I mean, right? So, So it's the same thing online. You go, you listen, you figure out who's who, who are the influencers, you know, and you you network, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm glad glad you're a a, a proponent of that uh, kind of metaphor as well. Um, Point the world to your doorstep.
1: Right. So here, I'm going to insert the, the fifth one here. Um, uh, that's why you do galleys of books. You're looking at the ga- the galley proof, uh, which <laughs> I, got,
0: I, I wondered why uh, it didn't have any page <laughs> numbers on <laughs> it. You know what, yeah, you know what happened. It
1: got. Um, I mean, it was the silliest thing. We I, we went through and we looked at everything. We just forgot to look at the first page. I mean, how stupid is that? Anyway, the, the fifth one is create triggers that encourage people to share. Create triggers and encourage people to share. Oh, well, and the that, idea, that the explains
0: idea. it a little bit, actually. If I can interrupt, it there, I, there's yeah. a whole chapter on that, and I was like, oh, Yeah, exactly. where did that exactly. come from? Right. Okay,
1: right. The, there's a there's a chapter for each rule, right? Yeah. So uh, how about that for a for a boring way to organize a book? Oh <laughs> no, no.
0: See, that gets have
1: six the, yeah. rules and have a chapter for each. Yeah, but see, um, leaving
0: that rule out,
1: but then having it be
0: a surprise <laughs> chapter now—that's going to yeah, get right. people oh, talking right. about I, the book. Right, right, right. It was a
1: secret <laughs> chapter, and anyone who who figured it out gets a prize. That's yeah. right. Um, so that one is about you know you, you got to create something that will encourage people to share and you know the the easiest way to describe a trigger is it can be almost it, almost anything it can be uh, uh, you know it can be an ebook it can be a white paper it can be just a little Twitter uh, update a tweet it can be there are all sorts of different things that encourage people to share and one of the the fundamental aspects of that is that it's very very different than the ways we've traditionally marketed in the past, which is kind of this campaign-based kind of marketing where, you know, you think of, you, you know, i got a product launch, or I want to push this particular product, or whatever it is, and you do one big, massive, honking thing, and you know, you put together a big, fat brochure and go to the trade show and whatnot. Um, if When you're creating triggers that encourage people to share, it's more like, like a film studio that's investing in, you know, 15 or 20 or 30 films, and you 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 create a number of them, you know you create a film studio will will invest in twenty five films, knowing that most of them will suck. <laughs> the right. problem is they don 't know which ones suck and and one or two of them will become hits um, and that 's how the model works, and those hits will pay for the investment in all the films and I believe the same thing's true about creating something that people will want to share. I mean you know how it works, like on your blog let's say. Um, you know, you'll you'll do one blog post and it'll sit there and like no one will care and no one will share it and you'll get three comments or one comment or no comments. And another blog post will go freaking nuts and there'll be like 50 or 100 comments. And wow, where the hell did that come from? But you didn't really know which one was going to be that one that went crazy. I
0: wish I did. but um... <laughs> I know.
1: I know. I do too. I'm like, geez, how come I can't figure this out? So so one of the little the little learnings that that I figured out here is that um, the the most successful people the one the, the 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 big idea that you hear about everyone goes oh my god wow how did they do that well they probably did fifteen things you didn't hear about fourteen and the one you heard yeah. about the one that was successful
0: yeah that's true that's true that's that's uh, goes so much to your point of the the whole viral video thing too the 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 most successful viral videos you know were were most of them at least were, were total accidents yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, it was somebody, exactly. somebody just trying to do something they thought was, was funny and then turned around one day and went, oh, my God.
1: <laughs> right. Right. Well, um, the the guys at um, Blendtec, yeah, right. you know, is it 50 million views of their videos at this point, something yeah, like that, or yeah. probably more. Uh, the first one was an accident. They walked into the R&D lab and there was sawdust on the floor and they said, holy cow, that's cool, let's film that. And so throw it up on YouTube and they did and it went crazy. <laughs> it's a total accident.
0: Well, and, and uh, I'm... Maybe other people knew about that company. I'd never heard of them before, but they're, they're, they're probably, you know, you, certain, certain circles, they're probably the, the, the number one brand now.
1: <laughs> I know, I know. And, and, and my, my data is a little bit old, but when I spoke with them, they said their sales in the consumer market are up fivefold. Can you imagine? Yeah, yeah. From a free YouTube video. Yeah, Absolutely true. free to put up a YouTube video, and their sales went up fivefold
0: hey you have uh, you mentioned this already throughout your book you have um, I don't know if we, what, what we call them case studies or just examples yeah. of people doing some of the things you're talking about and and I love those I think it really brings a lot of character to the book uh, yeah where, where, just just for my own personal uh uh, interest. Uh, where where did those stories come from? Were you soliciting those did those people you you bumped into? It, uh, you're out there on the road uh, speaking, or
1: yeah, very 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 good question. Well, the first thing is I before I even started writing, before I even knew for sure I was going to do a book on this topic, I knew I knew what for absolute with absolute certainty that I wanted to have a representative story from as many. Industries, job functions, size of companies, nonprofits, rock bands, writers—intern, um, you know—from all over the world as well. I wanted it. I didn't want people to read the book and say, "Oh, that's only for big companies, or that's only yeah, for small." David's
0: companies. talking about Starbucks again.
1: Oh my God! Here we go. We're <laughs> going to talk. We're going to talk about IBM
0: again. Anytime. Right. right.
1: Um, so um, n- nor did I want people to say, well, I'm not a real estate agent, so this yeah. book isn't for me because that's all they talk about, our little, our, our you know, our, our little, our little, um, uh, entrepreneurial organization. So, and, and also didn't want people to say it's an American book. So I wanted to get a whole bunch of stories. So I, I kept my eyes and ears open for more than a year. Um, and, and I would try to run across stories I could find myself. Um, also... I was fortunate in the success of new rules of marketing and PR. There's. About hundred thousand copies out in the English language and and translations in twenty two languages. I get emails every day of sure. people sending me things that they think is cool. Yeah. So a lot of them just came over the transom, and many of and and stories that came over the transom made it in the book. Yeah. I, I just also,
0: I just get pictures of people doing weird stuff with duct tape, but uh, that's, eh? another, that's another story. <laughs> well, that's cool
1: too. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. And 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 then and then I also sent out a couple of tweets saying, hey, I'm wor- working on a book on viral marketing. If you mm-hmm. have anything cool, send it to me. And if mm-hmm. you, I got a a few, a few good ones that way but i was i was also it was essential that i came up with what i what i you know I sort of referred to as greenfield stories i wanted as many stories as possible that that people had not heard of. You know, that, that you or, or, or other people who are uh, you know, thick in this kind of space aren't gonna read and go, Oh God, I want to hear about that story again. I heard that before. I wanted there to be a lot of new and interesting stories. And I came up with some fantastic ones. One of, one of my fav- there's a couple that are, that are really, really favorites of mine. They're all they're all fantastic, but Lisa Genova is an author and she wrote a book called Still Alice. It's a novel about a young woman's young woman with um, um, with Alzheimer's early onset Alzheimer's disease, and and she'd send it around to publishers, and all the publishers said, "No, we're not interested." And the literary agent says, "No, we're not interested. Go away, kid. You know, it's a nice try, but no thanks." And so she self-published the book, put it out there, and started a blog. And the blog was her trigger to, uh, for her own worldwide rave to get people to tell her story and share her ideas. The Alzheimer's Association found it. They wanted a copy of the book. She sent it to them. They read it. They loved it. Um, and they invited her to create a blog on their site. The first time they'd ever done that, and she now ha- and she created a blog on their site. A further trigger to get people to share. Sold a lot of copies of the book. A literary agent contacted her, put her under contract. Two years, two uh, two uh, weeks later, just two weeks after that, sold the book to Simon and Schuster for more than a half million dollars. It debuted on, in January two thousand and nine on the New York Times bestseller list and has been on the list six weeks in a row. <laughs> what a great stuff. story! Yeah. I mean, you know, and, and, and there's thirty seven stories in the book, but, but each one is just it's a rem, they're all remarkable. They're all things you couldn't do without the web as a, in your toolkit. And, um, and and to me, they're just they're just so inspiring that, that just ordinary people are just creating these amazing things that are allowing them to live their dreams. I mean, it's fantastic.
0: And, and not tethering them to the, the constricts of uh, the old way things have been done. Right. So, hey, I have one parting question sure, because we're coming to the end of time. What if I'm out there and I'm listening to this and I'm going, that's great. David, but I don't want a worldwide rave. I mean, I, it, it won't do me any good to have a worldwide rave in my existing uh, world. So, I, what, if I, what if I'm out there listening and I just want to have a neighborhood wide rave?
1: That's <laughs> a really good question. And, and, in fact, it's something that I, that I specifically addressed um, in, the, in the book because when we hear the term worldwide rave, we think, you know, somebody in Zanzibar, you know, reading about my stuff. Um, and okay, so sure, that's fine. Someone in Zanzibar is reading my stuff. What's that going to do for me? Um, I call them localized worldwide raves, and you can create a localized worldwide rave that can um, propel your organization to become very well-known in a very small community. It could be a small community because the market you, you, you serve is very small, you know, a, a really specialized um, piece of software or something. Or it could be a localized worldwide rave because geographically you only work in a very small uh, region of the world. And there, an example of that is Dr. Helene Smith, and she's a dentist. Uh, in Boston and before she did anything on the web, she, the only way she marketed it through Z, is through the Yellow Pages and she um, you know she spent $2,000 per month on Yellow Page ads and her business was worth approximately $200,000 per year. She was kind of she's doing okay keeping her head above water you know doing alright um, but if you turn to the yellow pages in the in Boston um, the first page only goes up to letter D I mean can you imagine how big the directory is and how they're, how they're going to find her so she created an e-book called healthy mouth healthy sex believe it or not <laughs> but put, the e- put the e-book out um, on her blog which she started to write it went crazy. Tons of people in the Boston area were talking about it. Um, mainstream media picked up on it. She got, um, quoted in mainstream media for doing this ebook. People shared it one to another through email. This is my dentist's ebook, they would say. And she got, um, she gets now every single month between ten and fifteen thousand dollars in new business. That's new business every single month. Never mind all the repeats that come back. Her business is now worth a million dollars a year. this is two years later, and she stopped doing yellow page ads 18 months ago.
0: I love That's that a story.
1: local, local worldwide rave.
0: Kind of makes me want to go brush my teeth.
1: No kidding well, she did. <laughs> she did another she did another ebook um, which she put out about um, three weeks you know, three or four weeks ago, I think or maybe a month ago after the book came out and it's literally that it's like why you should you brush your yeah. teeth and <laughs> like scare the hell out of you right your teeth are going <laughs> to fall out but but how different is that than yeah. doing a
0: yellow page ad yeah 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 so much cooler and 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 unfortunately not to pick on the yellow pages but i suspect a number of those people that did eventually find her from the yellow pages their first question was how much
1: yeah <laughs> you know what and 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 if that's actually a good thing to end on is I'm not suggesting that you should stop yellow pages or, or or stop a media relations campaign if that's what you're doing or stop magazine ads or whatever you're you're up to or if you're into exhibiting at trade shows. Um, those things aren't going away. You know, radio didn't go away when television came out. Um, however, um, what's cool and what what's cool is that the idea that people will tell your stories and spread your ideas. And the way to trigger that is by doing something cool on
0: the Well, website. and I would suggest that uh, your dentist example, uh, her yellow pages ad, ought to be promoting her white paper, uh, you know, as exactly. opposed to here's our big phone number when go. we're open, right? There yeah. you go. Great yeah, idea. Absolutely. Well, David, it's always great to chat with you. I think Thanks, we, we, really we, we have similar approaches, I think, to some of this stuff. So it, uh, it's something that I, I could spend a lot of time uh, discussing. But I know that you are uh, on your way uh, on world traveling, promoting this yeah. book. And I appreciate you uh, taking the, being, finding the time to, to talk to the Duct Tape marketing audience. And hopefully we can do it again soon.
1: Oh, my pleasure. Thanks a lot, John.